John the Viking Mauser here with the Get Stronger Die podcast. Today my guest is Rob Kearney. How are you doing today, Rob? I'm great, man. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, no problem. Uh, been wanting to get you on here for a while. Just uh, got around to finally messaging you, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Good things take time. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so let's do uh, a background. Tell tell our listeners um, how did you get started into strength sports and everything. What what got you uh, got your hands on the first barbell? Yeah. So um, it's. Uh, actually, it's kind of crazy. You know, 2019, uh, you know, June of this year will actually be my 10-year anniversary of doing strongman. Oh, cool. um, so I actually did my first strongman contest when I was 17 years old in 2009. Um, so before that, though, um, you know, I, I played football in high school, so I would I'd work out with the football team and kind of lift doing that stuff. Uh, when I was a senior in high school, I actually got kind of noticed by a substitute teacher who was on campus at my high school noticed I was decently strong and he just invited me to come start training with him at, at his CrossFit gym um, before school. So, you know, as a senior in high school, I was going to the gym at, you know, 5, 5.30 in the morning uh, before classes, get my workout in and then, um, you know, kind of go about my day and play sports in the afternoon. Um, training at the CrossFit gym, I learned pretty quickly that I wasn't too good at the CrossFit workouts, but I liked the strength <laughs> stuff. And um, walked into the gym one morning, and they said, hey, there's a local strongman contest in a couple of weeks, and we signed you up for it. Um, so I never touched anything, never trained for it, um, kind of went in there, um, had a blast, and fell in love with the sport. <laughs> cool. So um, so you, you're a CrossFitter then? Is that what, is that what the take-home yeah, from that? Essentially, yes. That's the exact <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> cool. Uh, I'm actually planning on doing a CrossFit competition um, this year, so I, I can't say too much. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah. yeah. I figure, you know, I, I'm about three, uh, 330 pounds right now, so I figure um, if I just kind of like pass on some burpees or something, nobody's going to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> that is a big guy. It's fine. We can just count them. Yeah. <laughs> we'll just give him 10 and call it a day. <laughs> yeah, it's perfect. It's perfect. Yeah. Cool. So, um, uh, when did you really start, you know, going around and doing a lot of competitions and then, and working towards, uh, pro cards and things like that? How did, how did that come about? <clears throat> um, you know, so I, I, you know, I kind of became obsessed with the sport in, uh, 2011 was like my first real big year. Um, so at that point, you know, I was like a sophomore or junior in college, sophomore, I believe, and, um, started competing all over kind of the Northeast. And, um, I believe actually in 2011, I competed 13 times. Oh, nice. Um, so pretty much anywhere, any competition that was in a, that was in within like a six hour driving radius, I went to. Um, so I competed pretty much at least once a month and, um, kind of became obsessed with it. And, uh, that's when, you know, 2011, First time I went to nationals, um, ended up taking second place actually in the 200-pound weight class. Um, so I was a little guy back then. <laughs> and then uh, 2012, competed full-time in the 231 division. Um, went to nationals that year, um, had a heartbreaking loss on the final event, had a 13-point lead going into the final event. I actually lost the contest to Tyler Stickle, who's a, another 231 pro. Um and then 2013 is when I won the national championship to, you know, win my pro card. Very cool. And what was that in, was that at uh, 231 or was that uh, heavyweight? Uh, 231. So yeah. technically, like, I actually haven't gotten my pro card as a heavyweight. Okay. <clears throat> yeah, I know the pro card situation is kind of weird with the weight classes and how they do things, so... <clears throat> yeah, you know, I was, I was fortunate enough where I... Um, you know, I did really well as a 231 for a few years and decided to do a couple open contests as a heavyweight and did well at those two. Um, that's kind of how I've gotten to compete at World's Strongest Man. Cool. Um, now, I'm, I might be wrong, but I, I don't think you didn't do a lot of uh, weight cuts during that period of time either, right? I mean, you were pretty much right on weight for those competitions. Um, towards, towards the end of my 231 career, I did some pretty big, I did some bigger cuts. Um, 2016, um, I competed at 231 Worlds in Belfast, Northern Ireland, um, and that was kind of the, the the end of the line for me there. I cut from like 255 to 231, which 
isn't terrible. Um, but you know, doing so while traveling internationally, uh, um, really took a toll on me. I really didn't perform well at that show. And I remember, you know, as, as I'm cutting weight and we're traveling over there, I looked at my fiance and I was like, Man, this is it. I can't do this anymore. Um, it was, it was way too much for me. It was taking a toll on my body and I'd rather just get bigger and stronger. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, so tell tell us about your your weight cut method then, because that was what uh, almost twenty five pounds, right? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, I was I I became really good at the uh, the water loading and dehydration. So um, you know, I would start kind of look at my weight about a month out, three weeks out from the contest, and then I'd start getting up a diet a little bit, um, and then. You know, about two weeks out is when I'd start reducing carbs just a little bit. Um, but, you know, as most of us know, like that that two-week out mark is pretty much our last big training week. So I really didn't want to kill myself too much, and I wanted to make sure I got all my training in. Um, and then it was really like the week, up, the week leading into the show is when I would, you know, kind of go all out. So, you know, I would do no carbs. Um, pretty much the only carbs I would take in were, you know, green vegetables which I really don't even count those as carbs. Um, so it'd be that and chicken. And I would do that three to four times a day. So my calories were cut pretty, pretty low. Um, and then I would do sodium and water loading as well. So, you know, I'd be doing three gallons of water, one or two days a week, then down to two, one. And then, and then I'd go 24 hours, no food or water. Um, and also hit the sauna the night before weigh-ins um, just to make sure I could sweat out and make weight. Cool. Um, did you ever notice with the, the sodium, um, manipulation. Did you ever have any trouble with that? I know, you know, you get mixed, uh, you get mixed, uh, opinions on that. Like Stan Efferding says you shouldn't cut, um, <clears throat> sodium and some people, some people do. Obviously I think you lose more weight doing it, but do you think there's uh, too much of a cost associated with it? Um, you know, for me, I never really noticed much. Uh, I think just mainly because I was used to doing it. That's pretty much how I did all of my cuts. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I guess I really can't say either way. You know, if I kept the sodium in, maybe I would have performed better. But, you know, I have a pretty decent track record as a 231, yeah. you know, taking second place in America's Strongest Man 2014 and 2015. And then, um, you know, I was, I believe, sixth in the world in 2016. Um, you know, so I think, you know, I, you know, I kind of found something that worked for me and stuck with that the entire time. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just a lot of that might be individual as well. You know, just how fast you can re-upload the sodium and stuff. Um, So uh, you said something interesting there I want to talk about. You said, uh, as you know, um, you know, the two weeks out are the easy weeks, right? (laughs) And it's funny that you made that assumption because online, when you're looking, when I'm I'm dealing with, uh, and, and this is all amateur, when I'm dealing with amateur strong men and strong women and I see them online and I talk to them, um, it's like they all want to max out one week out. <laughs> like, like you said it very, like, as a matter of fact, the, the, the two weeks leading in are very easy, but um, I think a lot of people out there listening, they, they don't do that. They don't think that's the case. And um, you can ask my brother, he runs a lot of shows and people will message him the week before the show and say, Hey, I was maxed out on deadlift. I blew my back out. I can't make it to the show. And, and we're like, well, why were you, why was this even happening? <laughs> but, um, can, can you tell us a little bit about that? I think that's one of the, the most, um, it's like one of the big secrets, I guess, amongst the pros. You guys talk about it all the time, but for some reason, the amateurs just, they, they, they close their ears to it. Yeah, you know, I mean, you know, for strongman, obviously, we need to train heavy and get stronger. You know, that's that's why we do the sport. Uh, but especially when you're leading up to a show and something that you want to do well in and you go, you know, going, you know, you're going into a contest, you want to win. Um, and you want to make sure your body's feeling good. And something that, you know, a lot of, of amateur competitors forget is how much of a toll this sport actually takes on your body. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm, I'm super fortunate that my coach is Derek Poundstone. And, um, you know, he's training me for the Arnold Australia, where we're going to have at least an 1,100-pound yoke walk as the first event in the contest. And, um, you know, so, like, we're kind of looking at the calendar and stuff like that. And my last heavy yoke, which will be over 1,100 pounds leading into the show, is going to be a month out from the contest. One month. You know, a month out. One month out. And I'm not, you know, after that, I'll be doing, you know, quote-unquote, you know, heavier, like, speed runs. So I'll be around in the eight to 900 pound range um 
But, you know, like I said, people forget, you know, I mean, what we do doesn't just like tax our muscles. We do like this, the stuff that we do, like taxes our entire central nervous system. Mm -hmm. And that takes a long ass time to recover. You know, I mean, there's a lot of research out there that says after a heavy deadlift workout, when you're in that 90 to 95 percent range, it can take up to 11 days for your CNS to fully recover. Mm -hmm. Um, And if you are seven days out for a strongman contest and you have max deadlift at the show and you decide to max out a week before, well, guess what? You're not going to feel the same as you did the week before. You're going to feel shitty and you're not going to be able to pull the same you did before, regardless of how, you know, competition adrenaline and, you know, getting the juices flowing for the contest, um, your body's just not going to feel as good. Um, So that's, I think, you know, something that, you know, I I was definitely one of those amateurs, you know, a while, you know, a few years ago where, um, you know, yeah, I wanted to max out and do my heaviest lifts a week before. So I was like, oh, I'll feel good. I'll be fine by the next week. Um, But, you know, the longer I've been in the sport and the more I learn, it does take Mm -hmm. more time to just recover and make sure you're feeling good come, uh, come the day of the contest. Yeah, I agree 100%. And, and, and people, um, yeah, they, they just, uh, I don't think they understand that. Um, and like you said, when you first get in there, you know, you're not going to understand that. But as, as you truck along through doing competitions and stuff, you'll, you'll start to figure it out, especially if, if you're getting bigger and heavier. Because uh, I think the bigger you are, the, the slower your recovery is just naturally. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's, it's something that I, I've learned as well. And it's a, you know, I, trainer for this contest right now it's a heavy ass show and it's really hard to you know you know one like physically to get my body ready for training you know four times a week but also mentally it's just exhausting to think about having to get get under you know a 900 pound yoke or a thousand pound yoke every other week and stuff like that and then deadlifting heavy and pressing heavy on top of that um so it's just it's draining but um you know i think the smarter you are with your training leading into a show the better your performance is going to be yeah for sure um, so how long have you been working with, uh, Derek Poundstone? So I started working with him in August, um, of 2018. Okay. Um, and that pretty much came about is, you know, I've actually, I've known Derek for a long time and I've been friends for you know 10 years now. Um, he was a big inspiration to me when I got into the sport and I was fortunate enough to train with him when I was younger. Um, and that went, that's when he was at the top of the game. You know, he was, you know, took second place at Worlds and multiple-time America's Youngest Man, won the Arnold multiple times. And, um, you know, he's kind of stepped out of the spotlight a little bit in terms of competing, but, um, you know, still involved with the sport. So after my 2018 season, really it didn't go anywhere near as well as I had hoped it would. Um, I had reached out to him because up until, you know, I reached out to him to coach me, I had been doing all my own programming. And I realized that, you know, I'm good enough and smart enough to get myself to world's strongest man. But at this point, being there isn't enough for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to just be one of the top 30. I want to be in the top 10. Right. And who better to coach me to that than a guy that's been there multiple times? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I reached out to him and he was actually just as excited about it as I was oh, cool. um, because it kind of, <clears throat> you know, gave him motivation to get back into the gym and start training. So it's, it's a lot of fun because the way, you know, he actually, every workout that he sends me, he actually did the day before. Oh. Um, <laughs> so it's kind of fun that we have this little competition between each other of, you know, who can get the workout done faster or who can put a little bit more weight on than the other one. Um, so it's been a really, really fun time being able to have him as my coach. Yeah, that sounds awesome. <laughs> <clears throat> now um he hasn't uh tried to talk you out of uh getting rid of that split jerk yet has he <laughs> no man he pushes me to it he thinks it's the coolest thing in the world i mean he's jealous you know i mean it's it's pretty cool you know when a guy that you've looked up to for so long you know when you're sending him your training videos and he's like wow that's unbelievable that's an inspiration you know that, that's really just that's cool shit for me to hear um because i he's somebody that i've looked up to for so long and you know to, to be able to impress him is, is a pretty cool thing yeah that's that's awesome um, so I saw, um, I think it was just a couple of days ago, you did uh, a 450 log for two. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, I just did that this past week. Yeah, how was that? It, it looked uh, looked pretty solid. It was great. You know, so going into that training session, um, you know, Derek pretty much left it up to me, which was really cool. He said, hey, I want you to hit a, you know, a heavy double in the you know 90% range. You know, he was like, I expect something in the around 430. Um, so warming up. Everything was just, you know, kind of clicking really well. Um, you know, hit 410 for my last warm-up set, and it, it felt almost weightless. Um, so I did 430 for my first set, 
and they wanted me to do three sets of doubles. Um, so I did 430 for my first one. Um, felt really good. Went for 440 for two, um, and that felt okay. Um, I was a little bit unstable overhead, and then um, you know said, hey, you know, fuck it, let's go for a PR and let's go for 450. So I went for that for a double, and you know, was fortunate enough to. Uh, everything came uh, came together perfectly for that for that set. <clears throat> That's cool, and um, and you're you're uh, slated to do the loglifting championships later this year, right? Yeah, that's the plan. Uh, April sixth in uh, in in England. Uh, yeah, that's the plan is to go over there and you know see what I can put up there and hopefully have a better performance than last year. Yeah, well, I'm excited to see that. Um, hopefully, they'll be um, they'll be showing that on uh, the internet again. So, oh yeah, cool. definitely. <clears throat> yeah. Um, so what is your competition schedule? Uh, we talked earlier before the podcast and, and I know you said Arnold Australia and the log lifting and a few others. Um, what, what's the order of those? Yeah. So right now what I'm looking at, um, is, so the Arnold Australia will be the first one that's, uh, you know, the second or third weekend in March. Uh, it's two weeks after the Arnold in Ohio. Um, doing that, then, you know, like, like we just mentioned, April 6th in England. Um, after that, um, we believe World Strongest Man will be end of April, beginning of May. Um, nothing has been said or confirmed. That's when it was. That's when it's been the past couple of years. So that's what we're kind of gauging off of. Um, and after World Strongest Man, we'll be back in uh, Martinsville, Indiana, for the Giants Live North America um, in June. Uh, you know, try to redeem myself from the contest last year. Cool. So those those three three of those big ones are pretty close together. Then you got the middle of March, beginning of April, end of April. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how do you uh, how do you prepare for for something like that? Um, you know, the biggest thing is like you know when you get to this level, um, the training is a lot different. You know, competing as an amateur when I was just getting into the sport, I was you know I would train for every contest and hit the events and make sure everything was perfect. And you know, now that I've been you know I was telling you uh, this is going to be my ten year anniversary of doing the sport. Um, you know, I, I pretty much know how to do all the events that are going to be thrown at me. Um, it might take a week or two to get comfortable with it again, but I pretty much have my technique down. So really the the the, the goal for training is just get really strong um, and be in really good shape. Um, you never know what kind of medleys they're going to throw, us at, throw at us at Worlds, you know, or the Giants live shows. Um, so just making sure I'm keeping up on my speed, being in good shape and just getting stronger and then, you know, kind of folding those into the events that we're going to have at the contest whenever they get released. Um, cause that's another thing people forget about at this level is as an amateur, um, you guys are lucky, you know, you get events 12 to 16 weeks out before the contest, you know, happens. Um, and as pros, uh, you know, world's strongest man in the giants live shows you know we're lucky if we get the events four weeks out before the contest <laughs> um you know world's strongest man last year um you know it, you know, the contest was end of april about six weeks weeks before the show we got an email that said hey uh these are the events we're going to be choosing from for world's strongest man this year and it was a list of 20 different events um so it really doesn't allow you, you know, it doesn't really give you any idea of what the hell you're going to have at the contest. Um, and then two weeks before the contest is when we actually got the heats and the events that we'd be doing. Cool. <laughs> yeah. So you didn't just run out and do all 20 events in the same day. That wasn't. <laughs> no, I mean, well, <laughs> my, my training actually turned into, uh, I actually ended up training about six days a week. Uh, once I got that email and I would do one to two events per day. Oh, wow. Um, whatever was on that list. So I tried to get through all 20 of them um, throughout the weeks and stuff like that and then kind of dialed it in, um, you know, on the events. So essentially what I did was I, I went through all 20 events in two weeks, um, figured out what I really needed some work on, and just kind of dialed in those events over the coming weeks leading into Worlds. Very cool. <clears throat> so a normal um, training uh, schedule, are you doing two events um, in a day, do you think, or, or is it less than that? No, right now, so I train four days a week, um, you know, during the week um, is, you know, pretty much just like powerlifting movements. Mm -hmm. um, so the way the way Derek has it broken up is day one is always an overhead press day, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, I've kind of added the login actually on my first day. Um, day two will be squat and deadlift in the same day. 
day three is like kind of, I call it my bro session. So it's just kind of like bench press arms and back just cause more like an active recovery. Um, and then day four is all events. Um, so my, my event days tend to be fairly long. Um, there are some days that I'm there upwards of six hours. Um, but got to get all of them in, uh, you know, especially getting ready for some big shows. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Are you squatting and deadlifting heavy in the same day or do you alternate or? Oh no, it's heavy. Uh, <laughs> uh, just this past week, I uh, had a five by five on squat. My last set was at seven hundred, so I had seven hundred and five. Nice. Then uh, deadlift, I had to end. Uh, I had to pull. I, you know, I was pulling from like eleven or twelve inches, so a little bit raised. Was pulling heavy doubles and ended up just over eight hundred pounds. So it's heavy every week for both for both both movements. Yeah, that sounds like Poundstone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's probably good for you. <laughs> no, it's um, great. I, I mean, I can't, you know, I can't really argue with it. I've gotten a lot stronger. Yeah. I feel in great shape. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, like my body weight is, you know, pretty much been <clears throat> consistent the entire time that we've been working together. Um, you know, so I I'm really excited about you know this coming year and what I uh, what I can do on the field. Cool. Are you, do you ever do um, any kind of hypertrophy work, <clears throat> higher rep ranges, anything like that? So when uh, when Derek and I first started getting together, um, when he first started training me. That was pretty much my first uh, my first three months was all hypertrophy stuff and work capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, because what he realized pretty quickly when working with me is, you know, I'm good, you know, for one or two reps in that ninety five percent range, um, which is great, and my top end strength is pretty good. Um, but what I was lacking was that work capacity in that 85, 87, or 90% range um, to be able to do multiple reps. <clears throat> you know, when you're looking at the guys at this level now, you know, we have to be able to deadlift well over 800 pounds for reps now. Yeah. It's not just for a single. Right. You know, it's, it's being able to do, you know, multiple reps at super heavy weight. And that's something I was lacking in. And that's something that he really forced into me. So I, you know, I will say... My first three months with Derek were arguably the hardest three months I've ever gone through in training since I've started this sport. Um, I, it was it was painful. It was <laughs> everything sucked, and you know it's uh, it was a lot of really really hard work, uh, but it certainly paid off. You know now now with how my body feels doing this heavy training, I'm not nearly as beat up as I used to be after all this heavy training, um, and I really think it goes back to having that base. And that great work capacity that we developed, um, you know, last year um, to kind of set me up for success this year. Cool, yeah. The the higher rep stuff, man. That's that's rough. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and to be honest, like I hate bodybuilding workouts. You know, <laughs> nothing about a you know nothing about four sets of fifteen excites me, especially when it's a superset. Right. You know, and then you know then he'd be like, all right, we're gonna end our workout with uh, barbell bicep curls for max reps. You know, it's like, oh, cool, bro. That sounds, that's exactly what I want to do. Um, you know, and you know, the cool thing was, is, you know, I had a lot of, I, you know, with, you know, my quote unquote real job, um, I don't have to work during the summer, which is great. Um, so him and I were able to get a lot of sessions in together. Um, so it was fun to be able to do those sessions with him. Um, you know, cause he'd be pushing me along and, you know, trying to, yeah, exactly. You know, the, the whole goal was just to make me better. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, what, so what are you weighing, uh, weighing right now? So right now I'm like um, sitting right around 280. So I think I was like 281 this morning, um, which is a great weight for me. I, uh, you know, last year for Worlds, I, th- I ballooned up a little bit too heavy, uh, weighed in around like 297, and it was an ugly, ugly 297. <laughs> um, so, you know, this year, you know, like I said, you know, I hired Derek, and I'm also working with a uh, nutrition company uh, to make sure that, you know, I'm, you know, not just a fat strong piece of shit that i can actually move and i'm athletic as well going into this year's worlds right. fat, fat strong piece of shit i think is uh that was a, a a direction the sport was going there for a minute it was no it definitely was um so tell us about the the nutrition plan and everything is this the first time you've actually um hired a professional to do that and uh, all that yeah yeah this is and it's um it's something you know i i look back on and i kick myself for um, you know, cause I, I always say, you know, I'm a fat kid at heart. Um, and I think a lot of us strongman athletes are, and, um, I never really took nutrition seriously. And I was actually contacted by a company called consistency breeds growth throughout Connecticut. Um, they had come across my profile, had 
kind of, you know, I had kind of piqued their interest. Um, they reached out and asked if I could work with them, which is great. So they reached out for me um, to work with me, which was awesome. And uh, so I've been working with them now since about the same time I started working with Derek in August. And, um, you know, it's kind of completely changed everything that I do, which is awesome. You know, my, my recovery is better. My workouts are better. Um, I'm eating more than I ever have. Um, and, I'm, you know, I actually lost weight initially when we started working together. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're kind of on a maintenance slash, like, bulking phase right now leading into the competitive season just to make sure, you know, the workouts are heavier and they're harder. So i got to make sure I'm getting the calories into to kind of, you know, sustain that throughout the prep. Um, do you have a body weight goal leading into the competition season? Yeah, Derek would like to see me around 290. Um, so, you know, over the next you know, few months, if I could add about 10 pounds, um, I think that that's where he would like me to be. And, you know, for me, it's, I just want to be, whatever, you know, whatever the scale says, I really don't care as long as I'm strong and can compete yeah. um, and can perform well. That's what really matters to me. Cool, yeah. It, so it sounds like you got everything... Um you know, lined out now, uh, I think you you should do pretty well uh, when the season starts with Poundstone and your nutrition on point. I think, um, do you think this will be the best Rob Kearney we've seen? Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I had a really good year in 2017, um, you know, being my first year at Worlds, mm -hmm. I, you know, ended up taking, you know, sixth place at the Arnold in uh, South Africa. I, you know, won Giants Live North America, I had a bunch of really good performances. <clears throat> Um, 2018 was arguably my worst year as a pro and, um, kind of opened my eyes a little bit as to what I needed to do and the changes I needed to make, um, leading into 2019. So, you know, after Giants Live North America, I actually didn't compete, uh, for the rest of the year. So after, you know, June of 2018 was the last time I competed. Um, and this is arguably the longest I've gone without competing. Um, and I, you know, kind of said to myself, you know, there's a lot of things I need to change with how competitive this sport is getting. And, you know, kind of went in, put my head down and decided I was really going to go to work. So, like I said, you know, hired Derek, working with his nutrition company. And then, um, you know, another thing that I'm doing as well is I get a massage every one to two weeks um, and just body work done uh, to make sure that I'm staying healthy and, you know, that I don't have any little nagging injuries that might prevent me from training or just progressing in general. Very cool. I'm excited to see the uh, the results of all this uh, hard work. <laughs> Thanks, man. I appreciate. It. I'm excited too. You know, going you know the Arnold Australia, the events actually did get released nice and early, so I know what we know what we'll be doing. Um, they're great events for me, so I'm really excited to see what I can put up there down in down in Australia. Uh, have Have those been released to the public, or is that just athlete knowledge? I don't even know. I don't. I've been telling people them. So <laughs> okay, well, if if you don't care, will you tell us? <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. Um, okay. So all we have is the the events themselves. We don't have these specific weights. Okay. Um, you know, as I had mentioned earlier in the podcast, the first event of the contest will be a yoke walk. Um, and at this level, it's going to be at least five hundred kilos or eleven hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, the second event is power stairs, and then the third event on day one is a max log. Cool. Um. Day two starts off with the Viking press. We then have a max frame deadlift with straps. Okay. And then the final event is Atlas Stones. So. Cool. That sounds like a pretty good lineup. Yeah, I'm, I'm really excited for this for the contest. You know, like looking at the events, there's there's two events that kind of stick out to me that I really need to push myself on. Uh, it's power stairs and stones, and that's really just because I'm short. You know, only being 5'10", power stairs are always kind of a bitch for me. But, um, you know, if I could just work on my, my explosiveness and really just being quick on those, um, I think I, could, I really have a good chance at this contest. Uh, only 5'10 is a, is a strongman phrase, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm only well, I mean, when you're the smallest guy that competes at this level, yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> only 5'10". <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's change gears a little bit. Um, tell us about your your Instagram handle. Yeah, world strongest gay. Yeah. That's me. <laughs> All right. Well, um, <clears throat> so uh, obviously, I don't think that was a uh, an actual sanctioned competition, right? <laughs> <laughs> no, unfortunately, it wasn't. So, <laughs> so you, that'd you... be a blast, though. That'd be the most fun anybody's had a strongman competition ever. <laughs> 
maybe, maybe that should be your uh, your 2020 goal. <laughs> put that put that together for us. <laughs> Very cool. Um, so how has the how has um, strongman and, and that you know have you had any issues? Has everything been pretty? People been pretty accepting. You know. Yeah, you know, I mean, for me, coming out, you know, I came out in 2014 um, after I already turned pro and already been in the sport for a little while, and um, it was an awesome experience for me. I, I'm certainly very lucky um, that I really didn't get much pushback or negative comments, and, you know, there's always going to be assholes right. regardless, And um, but the, the thing I realized really quickly was the people that were making those comments to me were ones that really didn't understand the culture of the sport of strongman. They didn't realize that all of us are friends. You know, this really is one of the unique sports where when we're competing against somebody, we're also cheering them on. Um, and so it was funny, you know, like there was comments made, you know, starting strongman on that, on those threads. And um, I didn't even have to defend myself because there are people doing it for me, <laughs> yeah. um, which was pretty fantastic. And then, you know, it was getting, you know, reached out by multiple pros, um, you know, kind of just, you know, congratulate, congratulating me, um, you know, accepting me and, you know, just kind of, giving me their well wishes, which was super exciting. Um, so I've been really, really fortunate um, ever since I came out. Yeah, that, that's very cool. In fact, um, <clears throat> I usually uh, tell people who I'm, who I'm going to interview, or at least a handful of people who I'm going to interview, and, you know, what should I ask them? And that was one of the questions. And um, <clears throat> I immediately thought, you know, I think Strongman is one of the most um, friendly, uh, you know, competitive atmospheres, like, you, you don't really get a lot of legit rivalries. You, the, the people are pretty much friendly. You're always seeing people uh, encourage each other and stuff. So I was actually, I, I kind of thought, you know, it's probably not really had much issue with that in this particular uh, sport. Yeah, you know, and I mean, from the outside looking in, I could see why people think that. You know, I mean, this is arguably the most hyper-masculine sport in the world. Right. You know, where a bunch of guys and women just get around a bunch of heavy shit and decide to lift it and who can lift it faster or who can walk with it farther. Um, you know, from the outside, so from the outside looking, yeah, it looks like it would be this kind of niche group of people that are super conservative and, you know, really don't want to take in outsiders and all that stuff, but it's really the exact opposite. It's, mm -hmm. you know, I, some of my best friends are in this sport. Um, some of the most loving people I've ever met are in this sport. Um, and I was accepted with open arms. <clears throat> Yeah, and I've seen um, at least a handful of different uh, other pros that you've went and trained with, like um, Robert Oberst and a few other people. <clears throat> it seems like, you know, it's just, that's just how it is. <laughs> yeah, no, it's great. You know, yeah. it's, um, you know, my fiance, Joey, he comes to almost every single competition with me, um, you know, and he, you know, he, he's best friends with all the other strongman wives now. And, you know, it's, it's, it's yeah, an uh, awesome, awesome atmosphere. And we have so much good. fun when everybody gets together. Now, does, does he do any strongman, uh, as well or? So he did for, you know, when we, when we met, he really didn't lift any weights. Um, but you know, he started coming to the gym with me mm -hmm. and, um, he actually did a couple of novice contests and actually won one of the shows. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, so I mean, he he loves working out. It's it's super fun, and him and I, you know, him and I get to spend time together in the gym, which is awesome. Yeah, that's badass. Yeah, and uh, where where are you uh, where are you living at? So uh, we live in East Hampton, Massachusetts. Oh, um, yeah. You know, and then uh, we we mainly train um, in Holyoke at a private gym, and then do all my strongman stuff uh, in uh, at Lightning Fitness, which is owned by Matt Mills. Okay, very cool. Yeah. <clears throat> very, very cool. Um, so, uh, when you first started training, um, I know you just told us about your training now, how was your training when you first started? Did you have access to a lot of the implements? Did you, were you mostly doing powerlifting then too, or how, how did that work out back when you first started? <clears throat> yeah. You know, for me, um, I was pretty lucky that, um, where I grew up, there was actually a small group of, uh, of some strongman athletes and guys that have been doing it for a little while. Um, so I, you know, had limited access to strongman stuff about once a week um, and would start to learn the movements and kind of and stuff like that. Um, once I went to college, you know, I kind of focused more on the powerlifting side of thing um, until I actually met Matt Mills um, and went to his gym and he actually just started getting into the sport as well. So he started buying some strongman equipment 
about that same time is when I first got introduced to Derek. Um, so, you know, I would drive about an hour and a half to two hours um, each way to train with his crew on the weekends. Um, some weekends I would actually drive from Massachusetts down to New Jersey um, to train with Johnny Wazico and like the big dog strong stuff um, when getting ready for shows. Um, so I kind of, you know, when I was first getting into the sport, I would, I would make strongman available to me, uh, regardless of what I had to do for it. Yeah. <clears throat> um, well that, that brings up an interesting point too. Um, uh, a lot of the pros and, and a lot of people, uh, Louis Simmons, uh, Burley Hawk, people like that. Um, they're real. they talk a lot about training as a team and the environment. And, um, I think it was actually Burley Hawk recently said on Instagram that you should take once a week and just drive to another gym just to train with, uh, you know, stronger people and get a new atmosphere and just make that commitment. And just the commitment to drive two hours to another place would, is enough to, you know, to create results or to create an atmosphere. You know, if you're going to put the time in and go, you're not going to get there and half ass it. Exactly. So, um, tell us about that. Do you think that that, that that matters, um, a lot or if it's just a little bit or, yeah, I mean, I, I I actually think that's the only reason I got to where I am in the sport. Um, I you know, I kind of live by the motto that if you want to get stronger, you have to be the weakest guy in the gym. Mm-hmm. And I constantly tried to surround myself with people that were smarter than me, people that were stronger than me, people that were faster than me, people that were you know just better than me at the sport. Um, you know, and and that's that's what I did. You know, and I. I kind of dedicated my entire college career to that. Um, you know, so on the weekends, you know, I, I wasn't the guy that was going out to parties. I was the one that was getting up at four o'clock in the morning to drive three and a half hours to go train strongman in New Jersey, then drive down, drive back the same day. Um, or driving, you know, an hour and a half to two hours each way to train with Derek, um, or find a different training crew. Um, so I think it's, you know, kind of that, um, that tenacity that I showed pretty early in my career, um, in surrounding myself with every, with all the best people that I could find, um, is why I kind of got that motivation and that hunger and that drive to keep pushing. Because I mean, you look at me, I don't look like a professional strongman, you know, like I'm 5'10", 280, which is, I guess, big. But when you look at the sport that we compete in, I'm not that big. If you see me walking down the street, you wouldn't know that I do this. You wouldn't know that I'm one of the 30 strongest men in the world. Um, And, you know, I think it's just because I was, you know, obsessed with getting stronger and learning the perfect technique and getting better at every event. That's why I got where I am today. Very cool. So where, where did you go to, where did you go to college at? Um, so I went to Springfield College in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. Okay. Um, there I studied athletic training and sports medicine and got my, both my bachelor and my master's degree in that. Oh, very cool. Very cool. <clears throat> so um, if, you, when, if you ever have any injuries or anything, you're, you're probably more on top of it than most people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, well, yes and no. It's funny. You know, like there's, there's a joke that goes around in our profession that say athletic trainers make the worst athletes um, because <laughs> I know everything I should be doing to make my body better. Uh, but I don't do it. <laughs> so, right. you know, Joey, Joey, my fiance always gets on me and tells me I need to be stretching more and do more, more mobility stuff. Um, and you know, I do it to an extent, but I will say now that I, now that I have a guy that works on my body for me, I've gotten a little lazy on it to do it on my own. Um, but you know, taking care of my body, I've definitely gotten better about it over the past few years. Um, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm still on the younger side of the sport. You know, I'm 27 years old. Um, but I know it's uh, it's going to catch up quickly because this sport is pretty ruthless. Yeah, <laughs> I think I think it's funny um, <clears throat> with uh, any strength sport, really, but <clears throat> maybe strongman especially. Um, people will, you know, they're willing to eat chicken and broccoli or suffer through whatever, drink their chicken shakes, and do all that stuff, and and then carry eleven hundred pound yokes and max out on stones and this and that. But the two things that seem to um, beat a lot of strong men are, are warm-ups and stretching <laughs> it's, and in the scheme of things that stuff's pretty easy <laughs> it, no it totally is and i think that's why we get lazy with it yeah 
you know, because we're willing to do all the hard stuff, but the, you know, the stuff that's only going to take a few minutes out of our day, we're like, eh, you know, if it's only going to take a few minutes, it's not going to do that much, so I don't need to do it. Yeah. When in reality, it's the exact opposite. You know, taking five minutes to roll out and stretch properly and, you know, and, you know, do a bit of warm up. Yeah, it takes five, ten minutes. If you're at the gym for three hours, what's an extra five, ten minutes? Yeah, it's nothing. Exactly. Um, I think, I think, and, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think a lot of it, uh, has to do with, um, you know, most really competitive people are very goal oriented. And I think if you don't have a goal with your mobility and flexibility, it's kind of like, yeah, you'll put it on the, but if you have a goal, like, Hey, I want to do a split or I want to be Juji Mufu or whatever, then, then, uh, then, then it makes it a like slightly easier to kind of be consistent with it. At least if you have uh, you know, specific goals with it, but, yeah, totally agree. Uh, but a lot of strong men don't know. Um, and I was guilty of this for a long time. Don't know enough about it to even set a goal, you know? Oh, for sure. I mean, it's, it's hard, you know I mean? But you know, when, when you boil it down, you just have to think of it as another workout. Yeah. You know, think of, think of the stretching mobility, just like a log press, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, there's, there's certain, um, you know, there's certain ways to measure it. There's certain ways to get better at it. Um, and it's just, you know, taking that little bit of time to learn, learn about it. You know, you know, there's plenty of, resources on youtube um just like there is a log press tutorial there's plenty of stuff on hip mobility there's plenty of stuff on ankle mobility um, mm. you know so it's so it really is all the info's out there i think we just uh like you said if, if you don't want to if you don't set a goal toward towards mm-hmm. it it's really not gonna happen right yeah for sure um so i'm actually not sure Do, have you had any significant uh injuries in your in your career so far so, um, Giants Life back in June was the first time I've been seriously injured. Um, so, that contest was a brutal show. I was, you know, me and Lawrence Shawley were going back to back the entire day. Um, going into Stones, I was actually a point and a half back from him um, in second place. Um, we get to go to the Stones. The first stone is 275 to a 72 inch box, um, which I've done in the past, really hadn't had much of an issue with it um, for some reason. The tacky was sticking like glue to my shirt. Um, I couldn't get it up onto the platform. And on one of the reps, when I tried to get it up there, um, the stone actually recoiled and came back to me and landed on my chest um, where I broke three ribs and partially tore a muscle on my back. Man, did you know Did you know it was that bad immediately? Or did you? was the adrenaline so high? Or No, I knew right away. I mean, it, it, it hurt like a bitch, and um, I was I was – pretty disappointed at the fact that I, I couldn't load that stone. Um, and I knew that it also just took me off the podium. Um, so, you know, it was kind of like threefold, you know, I just got hurt. I just missed out on some prize money and I just missed out on a qualification for worlds. Um, so it was a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty rough, pretty rough moment. It ribs, ribs suck. <laughs> yeah. They're horrible. Cause there's nothing you can do for them. Yeah. Um, you know, I pretty much, you know, I, I got on the phone with my doctor after that had happened because he's a close friend of mine, told him what had happened, and he was like, yeah, all right, we'll, we'll do an x-ray, but that's all we can do for it. Yeah. Uh, so so what was the, was it a muscle in your upper back or lower back? or? Uh, it was lower back. It was the, the QL muscle, the quadratus femorum. Mm. Um, so I had partially torn that, and then I had broken three ribs as well. Man, what was your what was your recovery time on that? Uh, it was about six to eight weeks. Um, I was able to do some light stuff throughout it um, that didn't cause pain. Um, and that's really when I started getting the body work done and the massages and kind of taking care of myself a little bit better. Um, and that's also when I kind of started with Derek on, and we started the hypertrophy phase because that's stuff I could handle um, while still being injured. Um, and I could kind of work through that and make sure I didn't lose too much ground, um, you know, considering I'd gotten hurt. Yeah, was that, was that about six weeks of curls? Is that? <laughs> it was horrible. It was horrible. It was a lot of upper back. It was a lot of curls. It was a lot of chest flies and a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> yeah, been there. Not for ribs, but I've I've been in that situation. Yeah, rib, ribs are rough. I've I've known a few people that have even just bruised ribs is a is a pretty bad time. So <clears throat> I imagine with uh, broken ribs and and a blown out back, that's that's not fun. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was a rough stretch, but, um, you know, I think, you know, as I said before, it was, you know, the performance of that contest and that injury kind of put things into perspective for me. And, um, you know, that, 
having that be the end of my 2018 year and ending it on a low note, um, I think is actually the best thing that's happened to me because I, I put all the pieces of the puzzle together um, mm. and made sure that 2019 would be completely different. So how, how's the back, um, back now? What was that? I couldn't quite hear you. Oh, how's, how's your back now? Everything it's, it's a hundred percent or do you have any issues with it? Yeah, no, we're good to go. Um, I feel great. You know, I was actually smarter in the rehab. I stuck to the plan. Um, you know, was getting PT done and making sure my body was, you know, feeling good. Um, and now I'm, you know, I've been training full training hard and, uh, I feel good and ready to go. Very cool. Um, so do you have any, um, any, any trade secrets that you, that you do for, uh, as far as training or recovery goes, uh, do you do you do anything like acupuncture or, or float tanks or deprivation chambers or any of that sort of stuff? Um, you know, I did. I, I've done. I usually do the uh, the float spa, the float tank um, before big flights, just because it's really great for inflammation and decompression of the spine. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, um, I'm pretty fortunate that the guy that works on me, he's actually also an athletic trainer and a massage therapist. Cool. Um, so when he works on me, he actually does a full assessment, finds out whatever's wrong, and then works on that. Um, and that's pretty much what we do once a week or once every other week. Um, you know, it's I went and saw him last week, and he spent an hour and a half on my right foot. So, <clears throat> do you uh, do you offer any uh, training, online training, or anything like that? Do you do you? Yeah, yeah. So um, I do I do a bunch of online coaching. I have uh, you know a few. I have about between 10 and 12 clients right now. And I'd be, you know, trying to push that up to, you know, closer to the 20 range. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I've been doing that for a while now. I have a bunch of clients that have been with me for a long time, which is great. Um, and you know, I do everything from strongman and powerlifting to just general fitness and health. Cool. Um, so can you tell us a little bit about that, how to get a hold of you for that? If anybody's listening and they're interested. Yeah, the easiest way is just on uh, on Instagram. Just you know, shoot me a message at world's underscore strongest underscore gay, um, and that's you know I'm pretty quick to respond to messages and stuff like that. Um, you know, send you all the pricing, send you what you get for it, um, and kind of how it all works. You know, online coaching is kind of a foreign concept to a lot of people, uh, but it's getting a lot more popular in strength sports. Um, so to be able to work one on one with a world's strongest man competitor, I think is a great opportunity. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and um, you get back to people pretty fast. Uh, when I messaged you about this, it was super fast you got back to me. So um, whoever's listening, if you want to send him a message to get training, he'll get back to you fast. Um, and and that's that's usually worth something, I think. I, I message a lot of people um, for this, this podcast, and some people it'll be a week before they get back to me. And, and I've also done online training with um, – people. And, uh, that was usually my, my number one gripe was, uh, when I would be paying for training and then they would never respond to you. Yeah. You know, I I tell my clients, I have like a 24 hour rule, um, that, you know, I will do all of my like video critiques and programming updates once a week. Um, but if you text me, you're getting in touch with me throughout the week and you have a question or you want to, you know, kind of square something away. I say within 24 hours, I'll give you an answer. Usually it's way earlier than that. Um, you know, I'm usually pretty good with that day getting back to you um, as long as I'm not too busy. Um, but yeah, my general rule of thumb is within 24 hours, I'll get back to you and help you out whatever, with however I can. Yeah, that's pretty awesome. Um, and the, and video analysis is a big thing. I think too, I do online training and I offer that. And, um, anytime you can get that in there as well, instead of just, Hey, here's a program. Um, that's always a huge benefit. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, it's definitely one of the pieces of, of what we do that I think is super important. You know, I mean, if I'm training somebody, I don't want them getting hurt. Um, right. and if I can't be there in person to help coach them, I think, you know, as long as I can do it by video, um, you know, keeping my athletes safe and making sure they're getting stronger and performing, that's what really matters. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you do you do any um, any kind of seminars or anything traveling seminars as well? Yeah, no, definitely. Um, so I do seminars for whatever you would like. Um, you know, I do just log press seminars. I'm doing one actually um, in Providence, Rhode Island, coming up in March. Uh, Darren Poundstone and I are actually teaming up to do a strongman seminar at Lightning Fitness on February 3rd, um, which is a pretty awesome opportunity. Um, it's actually it's a five hour seminar with both of us leading it, um, and it's only a hundred dollars, which I think is 
kind of a steal for a seminar with, uh, you know, two world-class strength athletes. Mm. Um, you know, to kind of boil it down, it's 20, 20 bucks an hour uh, for one-on-one coaching with, with me and Derek. Um, oh, cool. So that's coming up, yeah, February 3rd. Um, and then, yeah, then I do, you know, full strongman seminars as well on my own. Uh, so try to do as much as I can to help out and get people uh, into the sport and excited about it. Cool. Well, let's get you guys out to West Virginia. Hey, we'll do that. That'd, that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, I will I will uh, message you, and we'll get some theoretical dates and see what we can map yeah, out. We're down. It's, it's <laughs> funny, you know, we put up, we put up the post that we're going to be doing at Lightning Fitness, um, and immediately we had people flooding our inboxes with, oh, come here, come here, you know, we'd love to have you here. And, I mean, you know, after talking with Derek, him and I are definitely open to that yeah. um, with traveling and, and taking this seminar on the road and doing things uh, whenever we can. Very cool. Yeah. I think that's a big opportunity. And, you know, there's not, there's a handful, but there's not a lot of people doing that. There's not a lot of people um, that's willing to commit to travel around and do those seminars. But um, I think it's a big help, especially to get people involved and, and to bring uh strongman to certain areas. Um, there, there's still areas where you don't even, you can't even find strongman gyms and things like that. And uh, seminars like that, bringing in world-class people, is a big way to spread the sport and uh, make it bigger. No, absolutely. And it's, um, you know, it's great. I mean, if, if as long as you have people that are willing to, you know, kind of commit to it, commit to the day. And, I mean, mm-hmm. we've even talked about doing two-day seminars and making a weekend out of it. Um, you know, so there really is a great opportunity here to, uh, to bring a couple of guys in that think we know what we're talking about and can help people out a little bit. Well, if you want to come down and just follow me around and for about six months and get me on the right path, <laughs> be a personal assistant. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think I, that would that would help out a lot, especially with with my pathetic log press. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's log press can always get better. <laughs> Very cool. Um, well, we're about out of time. I want to thank you for uh, for taking the time out of your day and being on the podcast. It was a it was a pleasure. Um, definitely want to get with you about getting you down here to, uh, West Virginia. We have a big strongman scene. I think we can get a lot of people to, uh, show up and, and, uh, have a blast. That'd be awesome, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. This was a lot of fun. <clears throat> yeah. Thanks, man. Um, uh, this has been John, the Viking Mauser and Rob Kearney in Stronger Die.